The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. As I'm standing here, looking out at all of you sitting there, and as I'm thinking about God's word for us today, I can't help but be in awe. If you want to know what Jesus meant by his parables, if you want to know what Ezekiel's vision means, if you want to know what Paul's prayer to God for in his letter to the Colossians means, just look around. Look at this building, this church, the people. Think about where we've come from and where we're at. 20 years ago, this congregation wouldn't have filled the first couple of pews. But now, now over 600 people call this place their church home and call you their church family. God has done amazing things here at Faith. Amazing, but not surprising. It's not surprising because God has explained exactly what has happened here, what happens when gospel seeds are planted. They grow. And it's amazing even when we can't always tell that it's happening. It's amazing even when they start small. Because there's a simple truth behind God's amazing and mysterious work. Even a small seed grows. You might remember that Jesus spoke these two parables, these earthly stories with heavenly meaning. He spoke them from the shore on the Sea of Galilee. And at this point in his ministry, Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of God, God's rule and reign in our hearts and lives and in the world. His followers, the disciples and the large crowd that was following him around, they were zeroed in on everything he was saying because every good Jewish person knew that, well, God's kingdom would be ushered in by God's Messiah. They knew that, but they misunderstood what that kingdom would actually be. They thought that the Messiah would show up, would free the people of Israel from the oppressive Roman rule, and would reestablish the earthly kingdom of great King David. So when this relatively random rabbi from the relatively unknown town of Nazareth in the relatively unimportant region of Galilee, when he was telling them that the kingdom of God is here, well, they had some questions. Was it true? Was this Jesus, the son of a carpenter, was he really the one who would actually establish the kingdom? These questions may very well have been on their minds, and Jesus answered them in an unexpected way. In his parables, Jesus said that God's kingdom isn't what you think. It's not what you'd expect. No, God's kingdom is like this. It's a farmer sowing seeds in a field and then going about his life, never wondering if or how the seeds will sprout. Because a farmer knows that 
Well, seeds grow on their own. It's what they do. It's, it's automatic. Yeah, he could, he could plow the field and, and fertilize it and water it, but all of that doesn't actually start the seed's growth. The capacity to grow, the power to grow, is in the seed itself. This is what God's kingdom is like. It grows on its own. It's just what it does. It's automatic. Sure, we could do our job and and sow the seed of the gospel, but we know that the power, the capacity for the seed to grow isn't dependent on what we do. It grows on its own. Because that capacity, that power to grow, is in the seed itself. And the picture doesn't end there. After some time, the farmer knows that the seeds will bear fruit. And he will go out and harvest that fruit. He's not going to harvest before the fruit is there, because otherwise the fruit's not ripe. What would be the point? No, he knows that the harvest is dependent on the ripeness of the fruit, not the readiness of the farmer. He knows that it's what he does isn't what causes the fruit to grow. No, it's, it grows on its own. And he'll harvest when the fruit is ripe. Here's the point. God's kingdom grows, it grows on its own, and it bears fruit. And what is this fruit? The Apostle Paul listed a few in his letter to the Colossians. Faith, hope, and love. Faith in our Savior Jesus, hope in the eternal joy and life that he's won for us, and love. Love for him and for each other. Love that affects more and goes deeper. Love that mimics his love that he has for us. This is the fruit of the gospel. And as it grows, we see its evidence in our own lives. But this fruit does take time to ripen. How long? Well, it could be a short amount of time, could be a long amount of time, but it's always according to God's time, according to his plan and purpose. Make no mistake, though, just because we don't always see the fruits on a plant doesn't mean that the plant isn't growing. Just because we can't always see the fruit of the gospel working in our lives and in the lives of those around us, just because we can't always see somebody growing in their faith, hope, and love, just because we can't always see God's kingdom growing, doesn't mean it isn't. And that's not always easy to remember. Let me put it this way. I can remember as a grade schooler, uh, we planted lima beans in these little cups that we kept in the, the classroom. And I also remember that I was so excited that after about 15 minutes, I went to go check to see if the, the seed had sprouted. It hadn't, because it had only been 15 minutes. I was disappointed, though. I mean, I thought I had done everything right. I planted it in good soil. I watered it. I put it under the UV light that I wasn't allowed to touch. I did everything right. Why couldn't I see it sprout? Why couldn't I see the results of my hard work? It had only been 15 minutes. 
I was disappointed. I mean, yeah, I was a a kid. I didn't understand how the whole process worked. But no matter how many times the teacher told us, no, just, just wait, be patient, the seeds will grow eventually, we still went and checked. We were poking around in the soil, trying to find the seed. It probably wasn't helping it grow at all. But we were disappointed because we wanted to see the little thing grow. We wanted to see the results right away. We were impatient. Sometimes as God's seed sowers, we can be impatient too. We can want to see immediate results. We can go to God and say, well, God, I I prayed for help. I asked you just like you wanted me to. I trusted you just like you told me to. Why isn't everything better? Why isn't my life any easier than it was yesterday? Why does everything seem so wrong when you've promised to say that, that, that you're going to make everything right? And God, you know what? I've, I've told my neighbor, John 3.16, I've, I've told it to him several times now, and he's still not coming to church. Am I doing it right? Is, is there a, a correct way to explain this Bible passage, to, to reason with him so that it makes sense to him? God, let's just see some results. Just because we can't see a seed growing in the soil doesn't mean it isn't. God has promised to work in our lives, to work that gospel seed, to grow it up, and he has promised to grow his kingdom, to right all the wrongs, and to fix the brokenness of this world that you and I know so well. It's a promise. It's a promise that's just as reliable as a seed sprouting in soil. It's just what he does. You and I, though, sometimes need the gentle reminder that, well, plants bear fruit in time. God's kingdom grows, and it bears fruit in God's time, according to his plan and purpose. And what is his plan and purpose for the seeds of the gospel that he's planted in our lives? Well, look around. Look around you at the people sitting next to you, at the the pew in front of you, the pew behind you. Look at this, this church that we've built here in Sharpsburg. The truth is God has magnificent plans for his kingdom. The kingdom that grows. The kingdom that bears fruit. No matter how small that seed started out. Jesus' next parable covers, well, he describes God's kingdom as a mustard seed. Now, to the Israelites, the mustard seed was the absolute smallest seed that you could plant in a garden. And the amazing thing is, is this little itty-bitty seed was so small, yet it it grew into something so great, so big that even birds could nest in its branches and and take shelter under the shade of its leaves. So small to so great. 
This is what the kingdom of God is like. It's grown into something great, no matter how small it started out. Think about Jesus' words for a moment, and think about what happened almost immediately after he spoke them. At this point, he had 12 close disciples and a large crowd following him around. After a couple of years, that crowd would grow to include at least 120 more. After Jesus' ascension and after the miracles at Pentecost, 3,000 more people would be welcomed into God's kingdom. Fast forward about 60 years after the last of the 12 disciples had died, and historians estimate that God's kingdom had grown so much that over 500,000 people were a part of it after just 60 years. In 2021, 2,000 years later, there are hundreds of millions of believers across the world just right now. And the number for the last 2,000 years all combined? Easily in the billions. So small to so great. And it all started with a relatively unknown rabbi from a relatively insignificant town of Nazareth from the relatively unimportant region of Galilee. It all started with somebody who was seemingly insignificant, a baby in a manger, but who would go on to have a magnificent impact, small to great. This is what God's kingdom is like. So what's the lesson here for you and me? I suppose the overarching point is, well, don't judge the final size of the kingdom by the size of its seed. But maybe more personally than that, don't discredit the impact that sharing John 3.16 can have. Sure, your neighbor might not come to church right away, but God promises to work through that seed of the gospel, to work in his heart. Don't discount the, the significance of supporting a family member or a friend or a stranger. Don't dismiss the importance of an invitation to church on Sundays or an invitation to the Ascension Day pig roast or an invitation to soccer camp or the barbecue Sunday that happens afterwards or to anything else that we do here at Faith because no matter how small the seeds we sow may seem, no matter how insignificant they may seem, God's kingdom grows and it bears fruit, as sure as a seed sprouting up through soil. God has promised that his kingdom will grow, it will bear fruit, and it will be magnificent. No matter how small it started out as, because the simple truth behind God's amazing, mysterious work of his kingdom is even a small seed grows. What's the evidence of that? Look around you. 
Most of you weren't here just over 20 years ago when this church was planted in Sharpsburg. But by God's grace and by his work to grow his kingdom, by his working through the gospel in your heart and in your lives, you will be with him in eternity. Now until that final harvest, you and I have been called to plant the seed. To go out and share that gospel message, that simple message that Christ lived the perfect life that we never could. He died the death that we very much deserved. And he rose on Easter Sunday to prove that the plan of salvation had been accomplished and our relationship with God had been restored. It's a simple message. Plant that seed. Share that gospel. And watch. Watch as God goes to work to grow his kingdom, his rule and reign in our hearts, in our lives, and in the lives of those around us in the world we live in. Watch as the smallest of seeds grows into something great. God grant it. Amen.